0: This episode of Roderick Online is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. A great place for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24 by 7 customer support. Try Squarespace out today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. I was just watching uh, videos of uh, young samurais um, displaying their swordsmanship skills. How young? So, so I'm in a pretty weird mood. Uh, <laughs> n- not, not young. I mean, you know, I think of a samurai as being, well, a thousand years old. Mm. <laughs> so these samurais were, you know, in their 30s. Still, uh, to, to acquire that level of swordsmanship mm. in such a, in, at such a young age. I mean, these guys were using their swords to slice open um, an edamame bean.
0: Yeah, did you see the guy that does the, the move with the stick and then kicks over the water bottle? Have you seen that? Mm, no. I love uh, those. I hate to admit it, but I love those.
1: Yeah, this guy, somebody was shooting uh, pellets at him, and he cut a pellet. Um, uh, somebody shot a pellet at him and he chopped the pellet in half deadpool like sort of. does that in one of the x-men movies that's a good move yeah but this this is like a real guy who's actually doing it It's very Can't fake impressive. a video yeah <laughs> not one of these videos it was a japanese game show <laughs> did you know every
0: trick basketball shot on the internet was faked is that can that be real mm-hmm. it's an area 51 can, thing
1: can it be real that they are all faked Oh, oh I mean? We're through the looking glass. I mean, <laughs> see whoa! What I mean? You just blew my mind. Boing. You know, speaking of blowing minds, yeah. I was driving uh, today, and uh, the car in front of me had a bumper sticker that said, "Let's see if I can remember." It said, "Om I God." O m i g o d. O O-M, m mm-hmm. Om I, letter I mm-hmm. God, so and wait, I, full on G O D. G O D. You can put God on a license plate? No, not a license plate. It was a bumper sticker. Oh, oh. And so, so I read it, and I, if you say it out loud, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, right? But oh my God was oh. the, It's it's one of the it's one of those uh, coexist yeah, type of things where you visualize world peace. Yeah, where you're supposed to be like, whoa. But then, so but then it had the effect. It had a very strange effect on me, Merlin, which is that I said the word om out loud. And then I said it again. And pretty soon I was driving down the street going, om, om. I was like, you know, George Harrison had a lot to say about this, Mm -hmm. about saying om over and over. It's a holy word. It's going to put you in the, put you in the, the Godhead space. And so pretty soon, a, a half an hour goes by, I've been saying om the entire time, I feel really calm. No way. I feel super chilled out, and I was like, I don't want to stop saying om, I had to park my car and get out and rejoin the world, yeah. and so I'm walking through the lobby of this building and I'm saying, you know, quietly, om, Whoa. om, and then I encounter someone pushing a cart uh, with a bunch of papers on it, and and I have to stop saying om uh, because that, that would have been a weird. Ex- you know, they're smiling and like good morning, and I'm like om. <laughs> so I stopped, and now uh, I just want to get back in. I just want to go back somewhere where I can just say om some more because it was really very pleasing.
0: It's a it's a very informal version of meditation. It's a it's a it's a not even a walking meditation. It's a walking
1: around meditation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a walking around meditation. And I was oming, and I was like. I was reflecting, I felt shanty, mm. I was ready for you know, I was ready to like spin a, a prayer wheel and build a mandala. I had a whole plan. You build a lot of
0: mandalas, let's be you honest. Know, let's, they don't have to all be made of sand, but they they do blow away.
1: Ooh. Ooh. I if, love I, it. if I had a if I had a permanent mandala for every sand mandala I've built, <laughs> I would have a whole I'd have a warehouse of men man, mm. mandala.
0: Hmm. I uh, I've been exploring a lot of fruity things lately, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I don't need to go into a lot of detail. But w- one of them was a, a, a talk I listened to, where this guy teaches this version. He doesn't call it, you know, it's a, it's a mindfulness meditation uh, talk, but he has a version of that word that actually has three parts, mm-hmm. and it's. V- I'm not trying to cock-block your ohm, but but, <laughs> it's a, but it's a very <laughs> but it's a very satisfying three syllable version of ohm.
1: How does so, it so, how does it sound?
0: Imagine imagine the, the a satisfied ah sound. Ah. That turns into uh. ohm and ends with kind of a yummy sounding like a yummy yummy food mmm sound. Oh. Uh. It starts out high and you you mm. goes kind of like this. Ah. Uh. It's not as good as yours, but like it, it is, there's several things about it. it. Kind of makes your body relax when you do it. You sound incredibly crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, this is the thing I could not do walking through the halls of an office building.
0: No, I mean, oh. You, oh. you get to be known as that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a cousin who is a practitioner of uh, scream therapy,
0: <laughs> the Janoff thing, the Tears I've- for Fears John Lennon thing.
1: I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not so sure Arthur it's Arthur Janov.
0: You get the scream therapy, you, and you go and you scream.
1: Yeah, well, they had some kind of. Uh, my cousin and her husband had some kind of compound in Northern California where mm. people would go <laughs> and scream. It wasn't, you know, it was like their school. They ran a scream therapy school. My cousin and her husband, and uh, I'm not sure how you measure the success of a program like that. I was, I was about to say it was a very successful program, but then I would imagine that earning money would be anathema to you if you were running a scream therapy school in northern especially california especially when people want refunds <laughs> so i mean talking i'm not sure talking about primal therapy am i right <laughs> if you i think that you marry uh, i think that you measure the success of your scream therapy program by how many sacks of of millet you have <laughs> Uh, you right. don't know anything about right. this stuff
0: <laughs> oh, right. that, like, that ain't you,
1: millet. that's Bitcoin, my friend. How do people pay for it do they pay they um, they pay for it in hugs or they pay for it in real money? I don't know
0: thing is if you're gonna a ha- no,
1: cult cult is such
0: an ugly word mm. if you're gonna have an alternative therapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you you uh you come up with a system and you got steps and there's meetings right there's, there's usually a building mm-hmm. there's materials you probably you materiel. materiel you, you, you probably got to buy a mat or, or yeah, a yeah. Well, you have to have the land in the first place. I That's mean, Northern true.
1: California, they're not giving it away.
0: No, sir. And you got to get like a scream shirt probably. Scream shirt? I don't know. But, you know, that first uh, – I think the first John Lennon record was um, recorded while he was in Janov's Primal Therapy. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That that really that really raw first album uh-huh. this is the one where, where,
1: where he was like where he was putting his hair up in a pompadour and wearing a leather jacket and, no that's uh, rock and roll 1976 yeah thank yeah, you that Thanks. was much later boy his, his, his post Beatles career is so weird you know he got a lot of credit for that but then a, just a few years later Neil Young uh and the uh, put on <laughs> put on a pink uh, and the, and the shocking suit. pinks do boop boop and everybody uh everybody dropped a ton of uh shit on him they
0: said that's the end of his career Neil, Neil young has officially gone into genre hell that's what they said
1: yeah yeah that's yeah, a yeah.
0: phrase That's a phrase they used about him for 10 years
1: they kill they killed him for that record and trans let's be honest yeah you're trans you're a trans fan right Big trans fan. You're, and not tra- you're not transphobic. I am not. When it when it, I'm not at all, and particularly not that uh, Neil Young record. But also, and and when you when you learn the story of trans, when you learn uh, the story, uh, you a, you feel like even, kind of a dick for saying anything. It's even quadruply uh, amazing. But the thing was that I responded to that. I responded to that music really positively. The first time I heard it, I was like, "This is great." Really, this, this vocoder really speaks to me. And I liked him with those wraparound sunglasses and the headset microphone, the early Bluetooth. I liked the way he kind of stomped around the stage like a, like a Godzilla. And, uh, but I was also a big fan of uh, Neil Young and the, and the uh, Shocking Pinks. I thought that record was great. Wow! And I'm a huge fan of uh, Neil Young and uh, Crazy Horse's Reactor, another record that uh, gets dogged. So basically, Neil Young's late seventies uh, crazy time output, yeah, was hugely influential on me. <laughs>
0: you know, you know who else loves that? Hmm. All of those. Our our friend, the physicist, Grant Balfour, he he turned me on to a lot of those records that I had seen in Cutout. Uh, you know, alongside the Kiss solo albums and yeah, was, lots of Frank were Zappa 99 records,
1: ninety nine cent records.
0: Oh, those were those were. I mean, those albums. Trans was in Cutout. For many, many, many years. And Rea- Reactor,
1: Reactor was like the canonical cutout album. Absolutely. Reactor was everywhere. Absolutely. I bought it for 99 cents and I got it home. You know, I, I used to buy those uh, cutout records and I would get them home and it'd be a, ma- you know, a massive disappointment most of the time. The, 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 the most profound disappointment was, I think, Zappa's orchestral record.
0: Yeah, see that? That's that. They should have a. Sti- remember the PMRC stickers uh, yeah. that he was protesting? They should have had classical music stickers on there. Yeah. Not into it. <laughs> Not into <laughs> Got his ticks, you know. When Charlie Parker uh, <coughs> got got big in Bop, a lot of the criticism, I think, specifically was was it Philip Larkin? No, it, it was Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway uh, what called it Chinese music, and, and then people started noting that. I'm going to tell you something's going to ruin Charlie Parker for you if you're not careful. Yeah, Charlie P- Parker, uh, his main riff is almost always a version of the Woody Woodpecker song. <laughs> Try it. Go ahead and try. But like, salt peanuts, salt peanuts oh
1: wow hold on <laughs> uh, oh no wow <laughs> sorry bird mind blown mind you know oh. what's interesting is the young people uh, who are listening to our program have no idea who woody woodpecker is oh, <laughs> and, and, and so they're just like huh what do you think they woody know about woodpecker? the
0: magpies you think they, uh, john do you think they know about heckle and jekyll
1: i am betting that they do not know about heckle and jekyll and they're and their mischievous hijinks. That was my, uh, uh, Brady's Bits. That was my, uh, my
0: wife's favorite cartoon as a child. She loved Heckle and Jekyll. She always calls them the magpies.
1: Heckle and Jekyll. Uh,
0: which Aww. I think might have been a nod to Chip and Dale.
1: Uh, well, you know, Heckle and Jekyll have a very Marx Brotherian, uh, they, they, it's like two Grouchos, right? Aren't, aren't they, aren't both?
0: they both, both like, I remember them being like always polite to a fault. Weren't they always extremely polite with each other? Oh, but, Wasn't that it their was, bit?
1: Yes, but it was it was it was a sardonic politeness. Oh, it's it more like a... um, spy versus spy with two. Oh, black spies. they were they're absolutely spy versus spy. hmm Oh, uh, well, Aragonas has some answering to do. God, we are we are opening up a lot <laughs> of windows today. <laughs> Anybody under forty years old is like, what are they talking about? Mm. Sergio Aragonas, mm-hmm. go go worship at his temple.
0: He did a lot of the marginalia
1: in uh, Mad, right? Yeah, he, I think all of it. Or, or, no, not all of it. Every once in a while I would see one by somebody else, and, it, know. and it, it, it was confusing, and it infuriated me. <laughs> stop, like, stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Go, go, back, to the one, no, go back to the marginalia that belongs there.
0: He also, uh, you know what else he did the marginalia for? Uh, mm-hmm. TV's bloopers and practical jokes. He a did the sh- he did the dissolves between segments. Oh, I, I
1: suppose I've seen that. I, I have some I have some faint memory, but I, I was not a uh, I was not a regular watcher of TV's bloopers and practical <laughs> jokes.
0: What put you off? Was it Dick <laughs> Clark or Ed McMahon?
1: <laughs> I think I think you know we've talked about this before, but there was a cutoff for me in television land. Oh yes, right. Like up to a certain point, anything that was on the television I was interested in, and I was fortunate enough to be alive during an era which I now look back at and think of as the golden age of television.
0: Especially for a kid. That's the Uh, thing. If you think about what was on... I think about... I'm a little... Two two years older than you. 75 to 79. There was so much stupid shit on TV that was perfect for kids.
1: So amazing. The freaking Gong Show? Oh, my God. The fact that we were kids during the tenure of that incredible program... I can't believe that show was on TV. I can't believe it still. And... I, and I feel so lucky to have been ten years old, right mm-hmm. I mean if uh, uh, but but also like all the garbage TV and the fact that that was the last heyday of all those jackie Gleason and uh, you know the the the, cla- the you know, like, actual the go- you know, golden
0: age of entertainment, like Gene Kelly
1: being in Zanadu. Like
0: you right. would still have Fred Astaire, in the – was it the Twilight Zone or uh, no? No,
1: what was the one he was in? Fred but Astaire like, was in um, the, his last film, was, the Old People movie. Yeah, well, he wasn't in Cocoon. No, he wasn't in Cocoon. He was no, in uh, that was,
0: uh, But you would still see that, and you would watch a variety show. You could watch. Uh, you could turn on any variety show, and they would still. Yeah. It was still like a Hollywood
1: spectacle, but yeah. Kiss would be on. Yeah, right, exactly. Those were the guests, like, those were the headliner guests of all the late night talk shows, and then right. and then Robin Williams would be on there, and then, yeah, right, like, like David Bowie, and it's just like, what are we watching? Well, so, anyway, there was a moment in 1982, I feel like, 82, 83, where... Where, the, where it all gave up the ghost. And it was, uh, all those shows, I mean, I never, I didn't get into Miami Vice. We've talked about this a million times. And I think part of the problem is that it's hard for me to, uh, it's hard for me to have my intelligence insulted, even as a child. <laughs> right? And hmm. your intelligence is insulted by Fantasy Island. Oh, but, but at least I was a, I was a, a young enough kid. It, I mean, even at eight years old, I felt like, this is insulting. It's insulting. Really? And,
0: it felt that dumb? Dumber than Love Boat?
1: Uh, y- well, yeah, because, because that was just at the age... Because Fantasy when, Island was su- supposed to be serious. It was serious, and I was just at the age where I realized that every single person that arrived on this island would be here to enact a sex fantasy, if this was true. If, if Fantasy Island were a true thing, oh. it would just be a sex camp. How much did it cost? Was it $10,000? Wasn't it ten thousand dollars? ten 000? I mean, if if you could go to a place and they would perform, then they would give you your you know whatever your fantasy. You're not going to go there to talk to your to reconcile with your dead father. You're not yeah. going to go there to to learn to swim for the first time. Whatever the those flimsy premises were, uh, you would ju- it would just be a sex farm. And I, I think at ten years old, I was like, wait a minute, like because I I, I mean it's not at ten years old like I had uh, any sex fantasies, but I was. Starting to, it was starting to dawn on me. And again, this was 1978, right? Yeah. So there was There's a lot. There's plenty of, to fantasize about. Well, and there was also a lot of talk about that in the culture. I mean, that was the era where you would go to somebody's house and there would just be like we magazine on the coffee table, right? It was we <laughs>
0: yeah, t- Wee was like w- w- wasn't we sort of the um, classy version yeah. of Playboy?
1: Well, I don't know. Classy. It was somewhere but it was,
0: between Playboy and Penthouse, and it was you, a little you, bit more.
1: It was like if you were a sophisticate, uh, uh, you know, like guy that had a, I mean, they were all about stereo systems and, and, and mixing cocktails, but mm-hmm. we was like, well, the, the name, it's right there in the name. It's, uh, it's yes in French. Mm. Come on. You've got <laughs> to have three different ferns in macrame plant holders in your house to even know what it means. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, okay, so
0: I, 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 I just want to cover this very quickly because I, I definitely want to circle back to this. Mm. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Fantasy Island, which I can <laughs> highly recommend. Okay, In I'll the first later, <clears throat> this is under the section called the fantasy subsection cost. In the first film, it was noted that each guest had paid $50,000, about $196,000 in 2014 dollars. Yeah, yeah. In advance, mm-hmm, Just the, that's the only way you should ever charge for anything, for the fulfillment of their fantasies and that Fantasy Island was a business. In return to Fantasy Island, Rourke told Tattoo. <laughs> 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 okay, I thought I could do it. In return to Fantasy Island, Rourke. Told tattoo that he sometimes dropped the price when a guest couldn't afford the usual fee what? because he believed everyone should be given a chance to have their fantasies fulfilled.
1: Come on, see that just strains credit. I'm not running a charity here. Yeah, what are you talking about? You, you're gonna give you, there's like a there's like a financial aid for well, fantasy. I, you know Do they me, have John, a financial
0: John, aid office. John, I'm fucking forty eight. Fantasy Island. You know what I think about logistics? I want to know how it all went down. I want to come back to that. So you didn't like having your intelligence insulted. You could roll with it for a while. See, when you're a little younger, I think also, you know, it's a different mindset. And now we're really going to lose the young people in the app class. Is that you watched whatever the fuck was
1: on? Yeah, and you were starved for it, and that was the thing. Also, you were prohibited by adults from watching TV all the time.
0: Oh These yeah, when you when you got the chance, it didn't matter if there was. It didn't matter what was on. It mattered that it was on. You'd yeah. flip through the five available channels, yep. find the best thing in that half hour spot,
1: and then you would flip around. Yeah, and then you would in, you would enjoy it and. And uh, I think in I think in uh, Seattle when I was a little kid we had four channels right ABC NBC CBS and PBS Yep or and
0: five we also had a local affiliate as I told you WXIX Channel oh, Nineteen
1: right. right Right Well See Then You Were You Were Big uh, Big Time East Coast Ohio People Who Had An Extra Channel They Called It Porkopolis. Yeah Out Here Out Here In Seattle. Uh, and then in a, in Anchorage, when I moved to Anchorage in '78, <laughs> you got half a station on Tuesdays. Get back well, to work. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you had ABC, CBS, and NBC, but they were all on a like a uh, ten day or a seven day time delay, right? Because the tapes were actually shipped via. <laughs> you know, don't, that does not make sense. The tapes they Let's, sent the tapes you, and then
0: they played the tapes. You're saying this is a pre-satellite era. Where they had to run the tape
1: locally, they got Fantasy Island. They hit the button
0: at exactly ten o'clock, and a tape would play.
1: Yeah. So if you had, if you subscribed, to, if you subscribed to uh, TV Guide, you mm-hmm. just made the adjustment that everything was one week later. Ah. And so you know, if you uh, we had this problem all the time. You'd you'd go on a trip, you'd fly down to Seattle, and. Uh, i 'd I'd run into some old elementary school classmates, and of course what 's going to co- what's what comes up in conversation right away you 're talking about uh, the last episode of mash yep right because you your kids you 're worried about what 's happening in the korean war mm-hmm. you 're worried about the humanity and uh, and I would always be a weak mind. Mm. You're weak oh, that 's brutal but you know anyway so those that era but then in the '80s, I feel like all of American culture. Began to ass- to to be an assault on my my uh, my blossoming intelligence. Yeah, and uh, bloopers and practical jokes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, where where like polished hosts were smiling at you and fake laughing as somebody got hit in the crotch with a with a volleyball. I was just like, what is this?
0: Yeah, I- <laughs> the the early eighties. Here's here's the way I I think of it, at least. Not, like I say, seventy, kind of seventy four. But 75 to 78 or 79 for me, it's bookended on the one end by my dad passing away and me becoming a latchkey child who got to watch more TV than he should have. And then it's bookended on the other end by my mom remarrying and me going to military school in
1: Florida. Oh, oh. you have such a 70s childhood. That That is a fucking after school special. (laughs) <laughs> like plotline,
0: <laughs> starring Lance Kerwin did as you have Merlin man. Did you
1: have a bowl haircut? Did you have a Did you have a John Denver haircut? I had, I had a home haircut. It was an approximated a bowl. We couldn't afford a bowl. Did you carry your key around your neck on a on a piece of thread for a while?
0: Yeah, I had I had a key. Then I had it on a uh, glow in the dark real estate keychain.
1: It was uh, the style at the time. Until I was in ninth grade, ninth grade, I carried my house key around my neck on a red piece of yarn. See, I think that's cool.
0: When I would see kids wearing a key around their neck, especially if they're younger than like 13, I'd always thought that look that was a cool look. That was like tying your shirt around your waist. It just looked cool.
1: I I didn't feel it looked cool because every other one of my friends had a stay-at-home mom. Oh, yeah, And so I was the one with the house key they they didn't have a house key until they went to college. Yeah,
0: my mom's really boring. She's a she's a pioneering female computer programmer on the a- Alaskan
1: pipeline. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and you know, those guys that's so boring. And the the front door opens for them. They don't even have to touch the doorknob because their mom is standing there looking through the keyhole with, the with selection a selection of delicious Hostess products. Yeah, with a plate of fresh baked cookies. Mm. And you know, and I'm keying into the house and and uh, trying to <laughs> hello. <laughs> no, I never even I didn't say hello. I knew there was nobody. There. You knew there was no one. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd key into the house and some cat would would look over its shoulder at me and run upstairs and I'd try to get the furnace to work. <laughs> 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 you, <laughs> you, <laughs> like going from your dad dies, your yep. latchkey kid, yep. and then your, your mom remarries in military school, it's like I can, I can already hear I can already hear the theme to bless the beasts and the children's <laughs> I'm like two different TV <laughs> movies waiting to happen but you know but for me no,
0: no, no here's the thing though, for those years like especially I would say through 76 seventy seven kind of seven yeah and 78 I mean I knew I said this before, but I literally I didn't need the TV dial that was in the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. I knew we't we couldn't afford a fancy TV guide but uh, but I knew every primetime show exactly what time it was, even stuff I didn't watch or especially stuff i didn't watch because i knew i didn't want to watch it but <laughs> think about the shows mel's diner. all the great shows you got alice you got happy days uh, followed by laverne and shirley you got barney miller yep. you got uh i mean i, I could go on and on love boat and, uh, fantasy island you have uh love boat and fantasy island you got all in the family and the jeffersons come on
1: you're killing me now
0: i know i know but think about some of those you got oh god you got ms romano over on the uh, one day at a time this is life, the time when you get to go and have it all. Remember Schneider? Well, remember Schneider his,
1: uh, no, I can't remember Schneider. Schneider was a guy the guy who led line? himself into the apartment. Come on, I know who Schneider is, but I'm saying <laughs> that all I can see is Valerie Bernelli's smiling face. Oh my god, she was so, she was so she was a, they used to call it a tomboy. She was a tomboy. Mm, I bet Edward liked that too. Uh, you know, Valerie Bertinelli and uh, Eddie Van Halen are a classic example of people marrying their uh, opposite-sex doppelganger. Their doppelganger. And I'm sure that if I'm sure that they had a dog, and I'm sure that the dog looked like them.
0: Yeah, and the Wolfie.
1: Oh, Wolfgang. Is that his name? I you know I can saw you imagine the, naming your child Wolfgang Van Halen? Well, you know, can you imagine uh, being named Van Halen? <laughs> It used to sound so weird. I, I, I went to see that, that, that first reunion tour, the, uh, the David Lee Roth, but with Wolfgang Van Halen on bass. Oh. And he did, a, he did a very passable job, the young man so you got all of that yeah.
0: i so here's here's i'm going to toss out a few things and it's hard it's almost it's virtually impossible for me to talk intelligently about this because on the one hand i don't know the exact details and that's part of the problem <laughs> but also that i have very strong feelings about this but around that time i went to military school well, first of all i started being able to watch a lot less tv um but which i picked up again after i blessedly went back to public school but um but think about this. Think about the early 80s. And think about the switch in programming at places like NBC, where you Dark got whatever, books. Tartikoff coming in. Well, but you also got, you also got now Hill Street Blues is okay. going to change the way we think about dramas. Okay, so you're right. I think the drama, part of the problem is the big thrust. The sitcoms did start getting dumber, but also, I mean, dumber in a less fun way. I mean, you know, Three's company was still around, but you know, it wasn't uh, you We'd know, what it was. We already switched.
1: Mr. Roper was gone. Yep.
0: And you got Mr. Furley in there.
1: Furley, which was, you know, it's yeah. a, he's a great he's a great comedian.
0: Oh, no. Oh, don't don't get me started on Don Knotts. Don
1: Knotts. But once you lose but,
0: Chrissy, once oh, you lose Chrissy yeah. and
1: you replace her with the uh, with the subsequent Chrissies.
0: Yeah, you got yeah, the other ones. Yeah,
1: you're on for So, th-
0: but then the other thing is, like you say, I guess I don't know. I think in the 80s, everything changed. When people today think about dumb sitcoms, people who are old enough to ha- have nostalgia, they think of the 90s. You think of the Too Many Cooks type openings, right? You think of those like very Uh-oh. silly 90s Uh-oh. sitcoms.
1: See, I, now I have no – people refer to 90s sitcoms and I honestly have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. like, At that point, sitcoms, I was w- – I, I, I knew them all. Well, I just I've didn't... seen
0: every Seinfeld many 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 times i don't think i've ever seen a full episode of full house no or what's the one with urkel like i don't uh family matters like that was way past my time yeah i was playing in
1: bands then i was looking up some uh play some playmobile toys yeah and lego toys the other day on the internet uh because i was like you know what i would like to i would like to have classic legos I was, I've, I've been very upset as Legos have become more and more kit based, and there just aren't those big, big bins of <laughs> red, white, blue. I think we had yellow. Red, white, blue, yellow, Mm-hmm. green? I don't, I don't even think there were five colors. We have
0: uh, three different colors of green Duplos now, I realized the other day. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I was looking on the internet, and, uh, and I, so I put in, I'm trying to, you know, you try and game eBay with your search terms and i was like a vintage lego lot and i would get i got all these replies that or all these responses that were like 1997 vintage legos mm. i was like die a thousand deaths 1997 yeah. is not vintage anything but for some people for young people <laughs> 1997
0: is not vintage anything
1: <laughs> it really isn't <laughs> 1997 doesn't even exist it does not exist to me it is a it is a it's, it's a, a- non year it's just an un. It's an unplace. What do I associate with 1997? What happened to you in 1997? I'm trying to remember. It's the year before I moved to were a new married? house.
0: I was married two years at that point. About a year and a half, two years. And uh, musically, it was before we put out our. Yeah, I don't think 1997 happened. I think it was a buy year. It was a buy year. It was a total buy. What'd you, you do? You, what'd you do? What were you? Uh, what were you in? Bun family players then. Bun, but it was the
1: what i guess would be the last year the last full year of the bun family players so some might say the the, the heyday of the bun family players and for those <laughs> some, some being whom <laughs> for, you know the our 125 super fans oompa, oompa. um I, for those of you who are not playing uh roderick on the line bingo the bun family players uh were my band in the 90s it was like your first big seattle band first real rock band we were called the bun family players because we tried to pick an intentionally difficult to like name that uh, that, <laughs> so that that subverted the dominant paradigm. Mm. Um, there was one guy in our band, uh, the, my best friend, who really wanted us to be named something like Chunk or Pile or uh, you know Dirt because that was the fashion at the time, and all the all the bands that were yeah. cool were all called like Tool and Grunt and Tad Tad Ass. Uh, and I was like, "No, we should be called something else. We're different. We're not a grunge band. We're something else. We should we should have a name that reflects our our difficulty and our our you know our smartness and all the all the bands that came out of that era were all all had three names and or three word names and they were all hard to listen to and we were one of them. Bun Family Players, really. It's a terrible terrible band name, but we were uh, we were not a terrible band." But anyway, that's ninety ninety seven was this year where I was like, "Do I remember where I lived in 1997? Do You, do you remember, no, kind uh, of. Name I a do. song from nineteen ninety seven. Was that um, uh, "My Heart Will Go On"? Nope, that's ninety eight. Was that that, uh, that still feels like the era where every song had a had a moment where the singer went, "Yeah."
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except they were all popped up, right? Like or like, uh, yeah. You mean like the the. Oh yeah, that <laughs> could <laughs> be it. Yep. <No>, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. was
1: that? What song was that? That was by a band that I actually went to see later. It wasn't tur-
0: Offspring. It, it was- turned out
1: that they were their music didn't sound anything like that song one of those oh, bands that's how they get you you know what I mean Like, oh but but like it was kind of their music maybe was better than what that
0: what about uh, it was good living with you uh-huh. when's that
1: from that's probably earlier no idea I think probably le- earlier Mmm. 90- closing Time the song Closing Time what year's that I from? bet you I would put that in 97 Closing, closing time. time
0: you don't have to go home but you can't stay here Yuck. That, that's a good song. What is that, Electrostatic? What are they called? Closing that is a, time.
1: You know what? You know that's what, that a good is not, song. That is a song.
0: I, I, Semisonic, sorry, 1998
1: from their album, Feeling Strangely Fine. I feel like that is a Courtney Cox song. <laughs> <laughs> in what there, sense? There, there's an entire part of the culture that that, that uh, orbits around our generation mm-hmm. that I just put in the Courtney Cox category. Mm, I would love to get in that category, which is uh, she. Uh, who is the, uh, who's the 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 dummy that she's married to or was married to? Oh, David Arquette. David Arquette, right? So
0: why do I or- know that Courtney Cox and David why do Arquette? I fucking know that? <laughs> I want those blocks of my drive back. What is a duvet? Why do, I know,
1: why do I know what a duvet is? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so she and David Arquette are married to each other, and they are the people that are in the, in the culture. They are the people that magazines are writing about. And I remember looking at magazines and saying, I could not care less about them. I tr- am trying to care uh, less about John, them. John, I feel I'm pride a- when I don't know who people are on the cover of a magazine. Also. Pride. But the, the problem is with us now, we're just old. We don't know who yeah. anyone is because we don't know. Right, but at the time I knew who they were. I couldn't care less about them, and the and the fact that they were probably listening to closing time. Oh, John. Put that song and all the associated uh, culture into a into a like uh, into a uh, like a swirl. Mm-hmm. Now the prop- that's the
0: beginnings of old man chunking. Old man chunking, we called them, where where you suddenly just go, nope, that's not for me. That I'm goes over here king? in this pile.
1: Is that ping pong? Not a little bit ping pong. It's a little ageist. Uh yeah, old man chunking, but I was still a young enough person that um that I shouldn't have because the thing is I did care slightly about Jennifer Aniston still.
0: I see. I think it's a Ginger and Marianne type situation.
1: Okay. All right. All right. I I, I agree. I agree. I I was worried about Jennifer. Yeah, I still am worried. She seems genuinely nice. I'm just, I don't, I'm not even sure if she is, but I, I, I'm just worried that she didn't get what she wanted out of life. You know, she, she had. The, here's the, here's the double problem with, us, with the, the closing time problem is that I later on became good friends with one of the guys in the band. Uh, With Semisonic? Yeah, John Munson is in that band, and John John. Munson is like this. He does the music for John Moe's television show, and and he and I have played music. uh, Well, if
0: John Munson ever hears this, hello... John I think Hunter. you and Dan Wilson and Jacob Schlichter were, were a very good band, I like your song Chemistry, whatever John says.
1: John, John is an amazing guy, and I, I, I don't even know if he had any hand in writing Closing Time, but it's certainly, uh, you know, he's a wonderful, and one of the guys in his band wrote that very interesting book. So it ends up being that I can't hate uh, Closing Time or Semisonic. Mm. And now I have to go back and revisit how I feel about David Arquette. Jesus I Christ, don't you talk about growing
0: up. See, you might run into him. He might be an indie filmmaker now who uh, wants to use uh, car parts for his commercial. David Arquette? You, you, I don't know. I don't follow him.
1: This is the problem with this podcast is Ugh. that we've said so many things over the years. And, yes. and then one day somebody's going to come uh, and they're going to say, oh, I'd love to, you know, if I start making movies with David Arquette. Yeah. And then God, somebody, God willing. Right, right. Inshallah- and then somebody uh, who, somebody who, uh, like, uh, I mean, the thing is that our, our Loyalist fans, right? Yes. Cap- Captain Cap- Marm. Captain Marm, yeah. Is never going to betray us. I don't presumably. know. Presumably. Oh, you think?
0: Really? You think? Well, I think she's there as a resource.
1: You think? And, and if people want to... Would she work for the opposition?
0: I think she's like a librarian in the sense that she's not going to tell you not to read that. Here's the problem with this show. She's agnostic. She's agnostic. Well, I think the, here's the problem with this show is it's almost impossible to figure out where we talked about something, especially if it was more than once. And yet it's almost certain that every terrible thing that we've said will be, will find the light of day. David Arquette might,
1: might have you on a short list right now. The thing is that David Arquette is probably not right now listening to the program, but no. – if he and I make a couple of movies together, somebody's going to say, hey, Dave, did you ever hear what he said about you? Oh, and God. then, you know, like, f- I'm still waiting for, uh, for Dan. What's his butt? To, my my, my uh, wife watched man. his uh, watch his program on Netflix
0: and said it was very funny the, the, his Harmontown show. Oh yeah! Isn't that awful? She said it, she's she's been sick, and so she's been watching Harmontown. Town. She said she said it's a lot like something you guys would do. Can you
1: believe that? <sighs> she said that my wife, my that fucking my wife, feelings. said that to me. That really hurts my feelings. Okay, okay. Anna, but the thing is, I am convinced that Dan yeah. Harmon and I are going to be once again standing in front of each other, looking at each other. You going to give him another chance? I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen, and I don't know. You know, he might he might look at me and say, uh, "You keep showing up in my Twitter feed uh, mm-hmm. because people are like." Uh, uh, making jokes. Did you see the picture of Dan Harmon at uh, South by Southwest and a guy in the front row is wearing a Roderick on the Line t-shirt? Oh, shit. Really? Standing right in front of him wearing his Roderick on the Line t-shirt and I'm like, I don't know if Dan Harmon... I don't even know if Dan Harmon can see that far because he's a middle-aged guy. He probably needs reading glasses That's like true. the rest of us do. Maybe he didn't even see the T-shirt. Maybe if he did see it, he doesn't know what it means. Maybe if he does know what it means, he doesn't care. Who knows? But one of these days, he and mm-hmm. I are going to be stuck in an elevator together. Oh, it'll come up. And oh. maybe Jay-Z is going to be in there and it's going to be very confusing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, they, uh, Semisonic had four singles in 1996. They had two singles in 1998, Whoa. and they had a single in 1999. See? 97 does not exist. Nin- 1997 does not exist. It's a bye year and
1: nothing happened.
0: I, see, I could go to Wikipedia and look up what movies came out this year, but I'm pretty sure given that it is user-edited, there'll mostly be errors. I don't, I don't <laughs> remember right. anything that happened in
1: 1997. I wonder if Beck... Put something out in nineteen 19- It seems you know what ninety seven oh, seems yeah. like a Beck year. He would put out like a K record single or something. Yeah. Something I bet fun. You, I bet you he put out something kind of crazy and now fun. what about
0: uh what about uh either or? Nineteen ninety
1: eight. I feel like that's ninety eight. I feel like either or is ninety eight. <sighs> yeah, XO's ninety nine, I'm pretty sure. Uh Harvey Danger's Where have all the Merrymakers gone? What?
0: 97? I wonder if that didn't come out in 1997. I think it came out in
1: 1994. I think that's an error. No. Yeah. No, 94. No, 94, they were still playing at the Lake Union Pub, and people were throwing uh, beer bottles full of pee at them. (laughs)
0: Friends, This episode of Roderick on the Line is sponsored by our very good pals at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. They offer a drop-dead simple drag-and-drop interface, makes it fast and easy to post new stuff. They have beautiful, super-clean design templates that you can tweak to suit your needs. Maybe best of all, they do all the heavy lifting to make your site fast, reliable, and responsive. If for some reason you're ever feeling stuck or disoriented, don't panic. Squarespace offers 24 by 7 support through live chat and email. And here's the crazy part. Brace yourselves. Squarespace plans start at just $8 per month. That includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year, which you should totally do. Your account comes stock with easy commerce integration, plus their sweet new cover page functionality, which is super cool. You can start your free trial with no credit card required and begin building your website today. Just go to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, Make sure to use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN to get 10% off your first purchase, SUPERTRAIN. That'll also show your support for Roderick on the Line. Our thanks to our very good pals at Squarespace for their continued support of Roderick on the Line. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: Tip Uh, your bartender! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, fuck you! Um, No,
0: 97
1: for me, and so so here we are now. I don't even know what year it is. Mm Mm-mm. And uh, okay, wait a minute. What year? What year did uh, Star Wars uh, minus three come out?
0: Uh, Star Wars, the, the the part part three. The, the no, the not part
1: three, but minus three. Uh, part three, the the first, the, the the nominally first one of the series, which uh, I refuse to call Episode One, which I call Episode Negative Three. I think it came out in I believe nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the third one came out. I want to say in 2005.
1: I was thinking about this the other day. I've, I have started watching the Better Call Saul program,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I have been enjoying because I like the star. I like the actor.
0: <laughs> I which, know you do.
1: Who plays the star. And, I, and we, bond, I like,
0: we bonded over him very early on. Yes, we did. We many, of are, our, many of our earliest interactions I think were about Mr. Show. Uh,
1: I, that's true, and I feel like Mr. Odenkirk is uh, one of the great Americans, and I feel like the best thing about Bob Odenkirk is his complete inability to do a British accent or any kind of accent. Also, his singing is pretty special.
0: He can't do a the southern laser accent. He's
1: a beam. I'm the big actor. <laughs> um. San
0: Francisco, dirty city, filled with criminality.
1: New Orleans, full of water. <laughs> he, uh, he is He's terrible at accents, but he's amazing. and uh, So I like him, and I also like the protagonist of the show, which is a character played by Bob That's over. the park. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. I hear it's good. They say the pacing uh, takes some getting used to. It's slow. The it's killer weird. guy works in a parking lot.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And that is part of the problem. It is the prequel problem, where I feel like the, the uh, Star Wars uh, episodes negative three, negative two, and negative one... <laughs> I might adopt that. That's pretty en- good. The entire time you're watching all of them. Yeah. And I can't speak from experience because I haven't I only watched the I only watched negative 1. I didn't watch negative 3 or negative 2 because I couldn't stand even the idea of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. But I imagine that you're just waiting for Darth Vader to arrive the entire time. Yeah. Right? You're just waiting for the things that you know to make their first appearance. And so this the problem with Better Call Saul is that I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and you know and and they and they're conscious of that. They're not dummies. And so It's just like, when am I first going to see these people that I already know, and and what is the surprise? What's the surprise of their reveal? Do you
0: think they'll do that? I I mean, I haven't watched the show. I've I've heard several things on Fresh Air about it, but uh, I'm given to believe (laughs) that it
1: it really is its own entity. It is its own entity, but there's just enough. They're just seeding seeding it enough. They can't resist it, right? The first time that Gus Fring appears on the screen. Is that the old guy? Uh, Gus Fring was the chicken guy, right? Oh, okay, I I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either. His name just popped into my head, and I thought I would drop him in and feel uh, seem knowledgeable.
0: But you must dread it a little bit too, because you're going like, oh, it's going to be like a young Jesse at a playground. Is that right,
1: his name? Jesse. Right. are like, just, oh, I
0: have to go to this school to serve a warrant, and there's a teacher there. He's got a full head of hair and a weird him, mustache. Yeah, he sure so is a wimpy guy.
1: I don't want that to happen, and I feel like this, the the showrunners have to know that that is a risk. And let's just see. But, but, that, but that's the thing. That, that's more information already that I, have to, that I have to wrestle with every time I try and watch one of these television programs. I'm already wrestling yeah, uh, with expectation. And that is not a thing that you have uh, with a show that you've never seen. But in that case, I don't have any interest in seeing them at all. So mm. it's tough. It's tough. I've been really debating whether or not to show my daughter who... Just recently had a birthday. And ter-
0: well, I didn't want to say book. anything. Happy birthday. Yeah, it's nice. Uh,
1: but I've been wrestling with whether or not to show her Frozen, the film, mm-hmm. which everybody raves about. Have you, um, have you seen it? I have not seen it. None of us have seen it, but she is absorbing it from the culture enough. She came to me the other day and she was like, Elsa wears a blue dress. And I was, this is something I already knew. And she said, and she has a song. And it goes like this, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And she walks around the house for the next 15 minutes singing Let It Go, a song which I don't know if she's ever heard, but she, it only had the, those lyrics, Let It Go. Wow. And she walked around singing Let It Go at the top of her lungs. And this was Elsa's song. And she knew these things. I think she just got them, for, uh, she picked them off, of, off a toilet seat. Uh, they are a contagion. <laughs> She picked up Frozen from a toilet She did. They're a contagion in Like our VD? Culture. I think so. <laughs> She's a terrible thing. But so, so somebody gave her a gift uh, for her birthday with the Frozen as a component of it. Because like all great brands, you are now, I'm sure, I am absolutely sure, if you wanted to buy a Heckler and Koch 9mm semi-automatic police rifle, you could get a Frozen branded one. It's got Olaf right on there, right? Olaf and 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 uh, and uh, Elsa. She she pronounced Olaf Olaf. She was like, uh-huh. his name is Olaf. <laughs> this is a thing, John. This is a thing.
0: This, there was a whole article I, I want to say in the New York Times about kids who are into Star Wars that have never seen Star Wars. <clears throat> they may not even have seen like the cartoon, but you know the, the, there are there are some things that are such a phenomenon. The kids, like my daughter, has never played Minecraft, but she loves everything related to Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> she, we bought her ten dollars worth of Minecraft cutouts at the Walgreens because she loves Papercraft and uh, made a bunch of uh, little blocky sheep.
1: I feel like I was a member of Kiss Army in nineteen seventy seven, and really, I had only ever heard Beth. That's that's a perfect that's a
0: perfect example. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the same thing. Like, how many kids that wanted the Kiss Army patch pay their five dollars or whatever? Like, how many of those kids like had e- even owned Destroyer? Probably
1: none. Like, yeah. not none, but like surprisingly few. I didn't own destroyer, but I, I guess I'd heard Detroit Rock City. But anyway, so I'm debating whether or not to show her this program. And so she brings this little, she unwraps this present, she brings it in, she shows it to my 80 year old mother, who looks at the pictures of the two uh, girls, Elsa and uh, Constantine, or or whatever. I think uh, it's Anna, maybe. Uh, A- Anna. Oh, Wait. actually, actually, I was corrected in the pronunciation of that by my by my uh, uh, loquacious daughter, who said it's Anna. Mm. Anna and Olof. (laughs) Anyway, my mom looks at the cover of the box and she goes, they look like monsters. (laughs) Thanks, Grandma. And Marlo, you know, looks taken aback. And I'm a little taken aback. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, look, their eyeballs are one third the size of their face area.
0: It's like equivalent to a baby. Like, like you know, like the proportions of a baby face, but then with the sharp angles of a supermodel.
1: It's like the, the proportions of a baby face. If you are talking about a baby Komodo dragon <laughs> or a baby gray, right? They're they're UFOs. And so my mom is like, they're they're disgusting. They're, they're the big eyes. They look like lizards. And Marlo is now looking at the frozen characters through the eyes of her beloved Nana. And I'm like, well, now wait a minute. Hold on. Like I need to intervene. I think a little bit here in this uh, conversation because uh, these are these are. Uh, characters that every child that she knows every i'm like mom every kid she knows thinks that these are the models of like beauty and and these are the princesses these these are the princesses and my mom is like they are repulsive <laughs> and so now marlo's carrying that around today in her mind and i actually took the frozen uh thing and i was like the frozen game is gonna go live on a farm uh, and one day we'll go visit it, and it will remember you. And Marla's like, "Oh, that's going to go live on a farm." Like, and why? Because of the influence? Because I don't know. I have not resolved. I have not resolved how I am going to deal with the encroachment on our lives of these things that we have not. It it, feel, it feels like she came home from school and she was like, "Mom, Dad, have you ever gone clear?" Would you like to would you, would you like would you like to take a personality assessment test? Like it's just a thing that like where did this come you from? Know about I don't want the body fetens. I don't, I don't <laughs> want this in my house. I don't want I don't want people coming home uh, with these things. Yeah. And yet I yet I feel I feel the song. I feel the I feel the ohm mm. of surrender. Yeah, just surrender to Frozen. It's a fait accompli. Everybody's doing it. It really, it's fine. it really
0: is. It's it's the phenomenon of my daughter's childhood. Where I mean, I you know, like you go to school, I go to school to volunteer or whatever, go on a field trip, and some little boys, but like definitely, like a legion of little girls will, apropos of nothing, suddenly break into Let It Go and sing the entire song. Does it it have
1: more lyrics than just let it go over and over?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: can't hold her back anymore. Is it by a pop star?
0: Never bothered her anyway. Kind of. I think it's a Broadway star. Uh, What's her name? Maggie Azalea? What's her name? It's... um Little Kim, I forget her name, mm-hmm. but it's uh, little Kim? Helen. maybe might be Helen Mirren. I'm not maybe, sure, but maybe I want
1: to see it. <laughs> little, Kim, little Kim and uh, and Helen Mirren star in the Broadway in adaptation of. of <laughs> <is it? laughs> I'd almost go to that. I would pay money to see that. Well, uh, Helen Mirren, you know, very attractive uh, lady. Very attractive oh man, Helen,
0: Helen Mirren and Dame Judi Dench. Uh, I, I heard. Wait, no, wait. Let me get this right. So for me, this is the, the, my, the three old lady English actresses I have a crush on. You mm-hmm. get Maggie Smith. Right, you got Helen Mirren, you got uh, Judy Dench,
1: yeah, and they all they all have pictures from the fifties where they're like where like there's a nipple slip or whatever. They're all a little dirty, right? Really? I I just I feel like were mm. I feel like they were they were all doing uh, doing some gossamer blouse photo mm. shoots back in forty nine. I need to look into that. One
0: night when we were watching Harry Potter, uh, one of the Harry Potter movies, I, I did a lot of Maggie Smith googling. Oh yeah. But you know, a few things make me feel lower than uh, having a drink while I'm watching Harry Potter with my daughter, and I'm I'm looking looking for dirty pictures of Maggie Smith. Isn't that awful? That uh, uh, Judy, Judy not dirty, not dirty, not but you dirty, know, but just empowered, like, empowered, compromised. Yeah,
1: or no, empowered, that's <laughs> what I mean. compromised. Uh, Judy, <laughs> Judy Dench, Judy Dench was yeah. a Christian Dior hat model. No. Yes, in the devil the, you say. In the sixties, she's got like a twiggy.
0: She went through a twiggy phase. She's she is amazing. I man, her in this James Bond movies so great. Who you know? I bet I bet I don't remember because I didn't follow these things. But I bet there was a lot of dust up when they announced that uh, she was going to M.
1: Oh, and I think uh, she's great. I think she, she's great. she was going to BM. She does that in one of the Bond movies, <laughs> Gossamer Blouse. <laughs> 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 I'm tempted to stop right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Governor. <laughs> 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 She's only fifteen years old. <laughs> she gave that Camilla right Roger in. <laughs> 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 they don't just give those dames out to anybody. You
1: gotta really BM. Oh, that's right. That's right. That dame comes at a cost. Oh, God, no. You no, know, the royal family was German.
0: Uh- <laughs> that's it. <laughs>